Hello and welcome back to chapter 3 of this podcast. We're going to be looking at phenomenon today of chapter 3 and hopefully you will go on this journey with me. So if you have your Twilight copies, um, take them out now and let's get started. So for me, this theme is all about a lot of firsts, like the first car accident that was ever in, the first time that you kind of read about a hint of Edward's vampirism. So it's just a it's just a kind of really chaotic type chapter. So let's get started. Page forty five. When I opened my eyes in the morning, something was different. It was the light. It was still the grey-green light of a cloudy day in the forest, but it was clearer somehow. I realised there was no fog failing from my window. I jumped up to look outside and then groaned in horror. A fine layer of snow covered the yard, dusted the top of my truck and widened the road. But that was the worst. But that wasn't the worst part. All the rain from yesterday had frozen solid coating the needles on the trees in fantastic gorgeous patterns and making them the driveway a deadly ice slick. I had enough trouble not falling down when the ground was dry. It might be safer for me to go to back to bed now. <laughs> so I think that little paragraph, we already kind of see Bella's apprehension about the snow and the fact that this, she doesn't still, she hasn't adjusted herself to the town yet so you can really see kind of her apprehension and her hesitation still in chapter three the fact that she hasn't gotten used to this town yet um really shows her opinions and what she feels like about the town even subconsciously the fact that the minute that she sees snow it you know it takes her back to the to the town that she's in Let's continue. Charlie had left for work before I got downstairs. In a lot of ways, living with Charlie was like having my own place. And I found myself reveling in in the aloneness instead of being lonely. So I think that's a really important quote because it really shows kind of Bella personality. She's a true introvert. She shows comfortability into being by herself. And it really shows someone who's happy being on their own. It shows someone that has inner peace with themselves, which I think is a really, it's a really good character to have as an influence for the younger generation. Because by Bella kind of being on her own and the way that she describes being by herself, someone that's truly happy, really shows a person who is content and being on their own and enjoys their own company and therefore knows kind of who they are as a person. So let's continue. We're going to go to page 46 now, our final paragraph. Driving to school, I distracted myself from my fear of falling and my unwanted speculations about Edward Cullen by thinking about Mark and Eric and the obvious difference in how teenage boys responded to me here. 
I will show look exactly the same as I had in Phoenix. Maybe it was just that the boys back home had watched me pass slowly through all the awkward phases of adolescence and still thought of me that way. Perhaps it was because I was a novelty here when novelties were few and far between. Possibly my crippling clumsiness was seen as endearing rather than pathetic, casting me as a damsel in distress. Whatever the reason, Mike's puppy dog behaviour and Eric's apparent rivalry with him were disconcerting. I wasn't sure if I didn't prefer being ignored. So, again, that really kind of highlights Bella's popularity at Forks, the fact that, and it also really shows kind of how a bit mundane this town is at the moment that one new person joins the town. Yeah, everyone... Everyone sees them as kind of like this new, you know, like as Jessica says in Twilight, shiny new toy. Um, and this then this is just my question to the to the the reader, you know, is is Bella a novelty? Um, is she just a novelty? Is she only really popular because she's new? You know, what would her personality have been like if she if it wasn't just who she was as a person? What do you guys think? Because I think that's very important to think about that. I think at first, Bella is seen as a novelty, as something as like a shiny new toy, but I think over time, it gets adapted a lot. Over time, I think she, her personality is just naturally quite compatible and I think she just, yeah, ends up naturally uh, becoming quite popular due to how she can kind of look at everyone and how she acts with everyone. Alright, so let's go to page 47. So this is a very, very... Um, big moment in the book um, and in the movie as well. Let's get started. Page 47. I saw several things simultaneously. Nothing was moving in slow motion the way it does in the movies. Instead, the adrenaline rush seemed to make my brain work much faster and I was able to absorb in clear detail several things at once. Elwood Cullen was standing four cars down from me staring at me in horror his face stood out from a sea of faces all frozen in the same mask of shock but of more immediate importance was the dark blue van that was skidding tires locked and squealing against the brakes spinning wildly across the ice of the parking lot it was going to hit the back corner of my truck and i was standing between them i didn't even have time to close my eyes just before i heard the shattering crunch of the van folding around the truck bread something hit me hard but not from the direction i was expecting my head cracked against the icy black drop and I felt something solid and cold pinning me to the ground. I was laying on the pavement behind the tan car I parked next to. But I didn't have a chance to notice anything else because the van was still coming. It had curled gratingly around the end of the truck and still spinning and sliding was about to collide with me again. Then his hands moved so fast they blurred. One was suddenly gripping under the body of the van and something was dragging me, swinging my legs around the 
swinging my legs around like a rag doll's till they hit the tire of the tan car. A groaning metallic thud hurt my ears with a, and the van settled, glass popping onto the asphalt exactly where a second ago my legs had been. It was absolutely silent for one long second before the screaming began. In the abrupt bedlam, I could hear more than one person shouting my name, but more clearly than all the yelling, I could hear Edward Cullen's low, frantic voice in my ear. Bella, are you all right? I'm fine. My voice sounded strange. I tried to sit up and realise he was holding me against the side of his body in an iron grasp. Wow, just that's a, that, that's a lot to, to kind of t- take apart. That's a very, very, very visual description of the of the car accident scene. Um, in the movie, you know, it's only if God in the movie it only lasts about you know less than two minutes. Whereas here, you know, this is a the accident the description is about a page and a half dedicated to Bella's thoughts, Bella's feelings, dedicated to what was happening in his mind at the time. And, yeah, and it was, and yeah, it's just a really, really intense scene. Again, that also hints at Edward's vampirism for the first time. The fact that he was across the car park and then a split second later, right next to her, you know, moved the van out of the way. Well, in this case, lifted the van um, and then picked her up and picked her up out of the way. So this is also a hint to... um, Edward's uh, first hint of being a vampire. All right, let's continue. Page 49. So we're going to skip ahead a little bit to go into page 49. I saw you. All around us was chaos. I could hear the gruff of voices of of adults arriving on the scene, but I obstinately held on to our argument. I was right, and he was going to admit it. Bella, I was standing with you, and I pulled you out of the way. He unleashed the full devastating power of his eyes on me, as if trying to communicate something crucial. No, I set my jaw. The gold in his eyes blazed. Please, Bella, why, I demanded. Trust me, he pleaded, his voice, soft voice overwhelming. I could hear the sirens now. Will you promise to explain everything to me later? Fine, he snapped, abruptly exasperated. So, that is very important because that is kind of... We we see Bella, one of Bella's flaws in that moment, the fact that she's very stubborn. She can't let anything slide. You know, she's very, very headstrong. So... So for me, I think, so for me, like that, that is a very impeachable moment of Twilight with, particularly with Bella's personality, because, um, because yeah, because it, it, it you know, it, it shows how stubborn Bella can be and how, you know, and how even though she can tell that, um, Edward has some sort of hurt in his eyes, Again, you know, full devastating power of his eyes on me as if trying to communicate something crucial. The fact that she still demands him pretty much to tell him the truth, which doesn't really happen anyway, clearly. 
let's continue on to page 50. We're going to, yeah, we're going to head down, down the edge of the end of the page. And then there was his family looking on from the distance with expressions that rage from disapproval to fury, but held no hint of concern for their brother's safety. I tried to think of a logical solution that could explain what I had just seen, a solution that excluded the assumption that I was insane. Again, we so we see Bella's family and their opinion of Bella right now. Again, and again, you know, spoiler alert, it takes probably until about the third novel for the entirety of Bella's family to really approve, sorry, the entirety of the Cullen family to really approve of Bella. Um, it's a very long process because obviously they're like vampires and they have their own secrets and Bella's kind of this new person. They don't really know whether to trust her or not and it does take a very long time for them to um, uh, have some sort of opinion and approval of Bella. And again, a solution that excluded the assumption that I was insane. This, for me, shows that Bella is completely convicted in her opinions. This is a woman who truly knows who she is as a person, already very young, 17. Um, you know, I remember when I was 17, I'm 21 now, but I remember when I was 17, I had no clue what I was doing. No clue at all. But she's a woman, uh, well, a teenager, I guess, who... Uh, has out of conviction in what she says. She knows who she is as a person and she tends to not doubt herself a lot, which is, um, you know, which is quite rare in a lot of books with a female perspective. She really, she really does have out of, a, a conviction and belief over what she's seen. Let's continue on to page 52. Um, about the, I would say about the third paragraph. Is she sleeping? A musical voice asked. My eyes flew open. Edward was sitting at the foot of my bed, smirking. I glared at him. It wasn't easy. It would have been more natural to ogle. Hey, Edward, I'm really sorry, Tyler began. Edward lifted a hand to stop him. No blood, no foul, he said, flashing his brilliant teeth. He moved to sit on the edge of the Tyler's bed facing me, he smoked again. So what's the verdict? He asked me. There's nothing wrong with me at all, but they won't let me go, I complained. How come you aren't strapped to a gurney like the rest of us? It's all about who you know, I answered. Don't worry, I came to spring you. And then a doctor walked around the corner with my, and my mouth fell open. He was young, he was blonde, and he was handsomer than any movie star I'd ever seen. He was pale, though, and tired looking with circles under his eyes. From Charlie's description, this had to be Edward's father. So, Miss Swan, Dr. Cullen said in a remarkably appealing voice, how are you feeling? I'm fine, I said for the last time, I hoped. So, we have two things here. Number one is we see Edward's sense of humour. He's not, you know, this really serious person all the time. He does have a soft spot. He does have moments of being lighthearted in a musical voice. So, again, Stephanie really, Stephanie Meyer really does not, 
kind of really highlight any flaws with Edward. He's meant to be the perfect person. Just everything about him is meant to be handsome and gorgeous, but also quite predatory. Again, you know, even his voice, it's musical, it's alluring. So Stephanie Meyer has written Edward in a way that there is pretty much no imperfection at all. So we have to kind of understand that's why Bella had such a quick drawn to him because he's meant to be someone who has no flaws at all. And then we also I have the first description of Carlisle, which again is that very kind of classic vampire trait that he looks younger than his age. You know, he's very attractive. Hollywood moot um in the novel, he's described as being like a Hollywood movie star, like a golden age era. I believe when I first read the kind of um, a companion, a companion book to the to Twilight, I believe that Carlisle might have been based off Errol Flynn, or if not, just based off one of those old Hollywood movie stars you know like kind of the Clark Gable period of time and let's continue we go to page 54 okay yep so we're going to go to the end of 54 What do you want? He asked, sounding annoyed. His eyes were cold. His unfriendliness intimidated me. My words came out with less severity than I intended. You owe me an explanation, I reminded him. I saved your life. I don't owe you anything. I flinched back from the resentment in his voice. You promised. Bella, you hit your head. You don't know what you're talking about. His tone was cutting. My temper flared now, and I glared defiantly at him. There's nothing wrong with my head. He glared back. What do you want from me, Bella? I want to know the truth, I said. I want to know why I'm lying for you. What do you think happened? He snapped. Then we're just going to cut out the paragraph quickly. And then we're just going to read the sentence afterwards. He was staring at me incredulously, but his face was tense, defensive. You think I lifted a van off you? His tone questioned my sanity, but it only made me more suspicious. It was like a perfectly delivered line by a skilled actor. I mean, merely not at once, jaw tight. No one would believe that, you know. His voice held an edge of derision now. I'm not going to tell anybody, I said each word slowly, carefully controlling my anger. Surprise flitted across his face. Then why does it matter? It matters to me, I insisted. I don't like to lie. So the baby, there better be a good reason why I'm doing it. Can't you just thank me and get over it? Thank you, I waited a few minutes expectant. You're not going to let it go now, are you? No. In that case, I hope you enjoy disappointment. We scowled at each other in silence. I was the first to speak, trying to keep myself focused. I was in danger of being distracted by his livid, glorious face. It was like trying to stare down a destroying angel. Why did you even bother? I asked frigidly. He paused and for a brief moment. His stunning face was unexpectedly vulnerable. I don't know, he whispered. 
wow, that's a very, very heated conversation. So, pardon me, um, I have to take back what I said just a few minutes earlier where Edward had no imperfections. Clearly, we see in this one now that he's a very skilled manip- manipulator. That can be a flaw or a skill, depending on what your opinion of manipulation is. But you can clearly see that again and that's also another hint of vampirism because you know heaps of vampire movies and novels um hint of vampires being serious manipulators which they are to you know to a certain extent because they're able to um they have special powers to be able to kind of change or enhance a, a human's mindset which is completely understandable There's a lot of things with this as well. Um, you know, again, we can kind of see Bella's stubbornness. We also see her more as, we also see more um, insight into her as a person. The fact that she believes in honesty, she's very loyal to her family and her own opinion. You know, the fact that she says, I don't like to lie to her, I want a good reason for it, shows that she... That honesty is a really, really huge part of her life, a, a value that she uh, is really explored by, um, and that she really explores, and that she really holds on to. So, yeah, let's, so, and sorry, pardon me. Again, these aren't scripted because I like um, because I like um, pardon me, excuse me. I don't like scripted scripts unless they're called for lack of a story or something. I prefer to kind of to me it sounds more genuine if it's just kind of spoken from the heart but it does mean that there's sometimes really awkward poses poses and um and um awkward poses and awkward pauses pardon me my speech impediment and sometimes I ramble so uh milestone with Edward and Bella's relationship is um is when um is in page 56 why did you even bother i asked frigidly he paused for a brief moment his stunning face was unexpectedly vulnerable i don't know he whispered so again breakthrough with their relationship edward shows vulnerability and hints at it which is quite lovely um you know you, you kind of read that and you know that their relationship is going to move from friends to me that that already shows the fact that they respect each other and that Elwood already likes Bella so for me even if I didn't if I haven't read the book before and I haven't seen the movies I would just from that line know that they're going to end up a couple and then final line is that was the first night I dreamed of Edward Cullen and that is the end of chapter three of Phenomenon so, as you can see, it really is a, a chapter of firsts. Um, you kind of see, you know, Bella's first time of being stubborn, 
first car accident, first argument, first time of Edward being vulnerable, and the first time that he dreamed of it, that Bella dreamed of Edward Cullen. So thank you for reading along with me, or maybe you just like to hear my voice. Um, thank you for listening. Please show some feedback wherever you can. And I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Have a good one. Bye.